before Brother Coon, come and stand back here just a moment. It is, um, it is indeed a joy to be in this conference. What a great conference. We'll say other things about it. But Brother Coon, after tonight, becomes the next chairman of the WPF, and I am so excited about that, so thrilled. Not a finer man in this world that I know than Brother Crawford Coon. I'm thrilled that he's going to be the next chairman for two years. I love you, Brother Coon. I appreciate you. Tonight, we're passing the mantle to you, and we know you'll do the greatest job, and uh, we'll continue to grow and be blessed under your leadership. Thank you for being a man. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. I am so thrilled that Brother Coon will be our next chairman, and I'm, I'm excited about that. It's been a joy to work for the last two years with these good men, Brother Crawford Coon, my brother, Brother Kenny Godair from Burlington, North Carolina, and uh, Brother Larry Booker, Rialto, California, and Brother Nathaniel Wilson from uh, Sacramento, California, and uh, also Brother Floyd Odom. Brother Odom is not in this conference because he buried his father-in-law this week. Brother Odom would be in this conference. He wanted to be in this conference and was planning to be, but he buried his father-in-law this week, and we certainly understand why he couldn't be here. These are the finest men that I've ever worked with. It's been a pleasure to work with them and uh, to be chairman. There has never, in almost two and a half years, there's never been one crossword among us. There's never been one anger, amount of anger manifested. These are gentlemen. They are Christians and they love God. I think we ought to thank God for this executive council. Praise God. Amen. And now we voted in on Wednesday the next executive council member, Brother Johnny King from Canada. Let's give him a hand. God bless him. Amen. Thank the Lord. We also voted in on Wednesday seven uh, seven uh, general council members and they are in the audience I know you're all standing but I thank God for these seven men that were voted to and were added to the general council this week these are great 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 men of God it is indeed a distinct pleasure to serve this fellowship and even though I will not be chairman after tonight I will do everything I can to stand behind the WPF. I will support it financially to the best of my ability. I will stand behind Brother Crawford Coon 1,000%. I'll do anything he asks me to do. And uh, our church will be behind you and in every way we can. We are behind you 100%. Brethren, let's keep revival going. What do you say? Praise God. Why don't we all clap our hands to the Lord? Amen, 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 amen. Great to see this wonderful audience throughout this audience. There are tremendous preachers and their wives. And uh, in this fellowship tonight, there are WPF ministers. There are United Pentecostal Church ministers. There are independent ministers who are not a part of any fellowship. And we want you to know that from the WPF, we really don't care. We don't care what you belong to or what you don't belong to. If you love God and you love this great truth, then you're our friend and you're our brother and sister. Praise God. Hallelujah. And um, we are not, we're not out soliciting to see how big we can become. 
we are growing. We took in several new members this week. Took in one new member today. And uh, we wouldn't turn anybody down that wanted to fill out an application. But I personally, in spite of everything you've heard, none of us men on this executive council have ever asked a man to leave another fellowship to come with the WBF. I never will. If a man wants to, that's his, that's his ministry and that's his pleasure and business. We have not been unethical. We have tried to do the right thing. And um, we're not out to hurt anybody. Our, I believe that our, our spirit's right, our attitude's right, our purpose is right. And um, while we appreciate all the WPF men, there are many in this audience that are not in the WPF, but you're our friend and we love you just as much as if you were a part of WPF. And everybody said praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's great to be in a good apostolic fellowship where you feel good about it. How many are glad you're baptized in Jesus' name? How many are glad you got the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues? How many are glad you believe there's one God and His name is Jesus? Let's praise Him tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a great offering tonight, Brother Trace. What a great offering. My, my, my. And it couldn't, couldn't possibly be for a better cause than the cause of missions. And uh, what a tremendous, tremendous offering tonight. We appreciate your giving. The services started off Wednesday night, Brother Rick Mayo preaching, and then Brother James Gross on Thursday morning, and Brother David Smith, Brother Alfred Deeds, and last night, Brother Lambeth. And then today, Brother Puckett, Brother Tony Spell, Brother Cody Marks, every one of them, every one of them have done a fantastic job. Praise God. I appreciate your ministry. Amen. Amen. We thank you, brethren, for preaching to us. You blessed us and helped us. Brother Tim Spell with the choir, Brother Brian Williams leading the, uh, the uh, praise singing and uh, choosing the musicians on. He's done a great job. I could go on and on, but let me, let me open my Bible tonight if you'll open yours and I'll preach a, a little while. Amen. How long are you supposed to go on Friday night? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Obadiah. One chapter, and I'll read one verse. It only has one chapter in the Old Testament, the book of Obadiah. Some of us are getting a little older, and we're not as young as Brother Tony Spell and Brother Marks and some others. And you know, I'm thrilled to death. We have a lot of good young men in the Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship and in this audience tonight. A tremendous number of young men, and I feel excited about that. I understand I'm getting older, but thank God this truth is not going to die when a few of us leave the scene. It's still going to go on. Amen. Amen. While you're turning to Obadiah 1, I was reading the other day, he said, a, a sure sign of old age is when you feel your corns more than you feel your oats. That's a sure sign of old age. Brother Wilson, you're not there yet. No. No, there. They said when you when you win, you're an old pro. When you lose, you're an old man. <laughs> Amen. And some of us are getting older, but we thank God for the older men of our fellowship. We got some great senior men. We got some great strength. We got a lot of middle-aged men, a lot of young men. I feel a tremendous, tremendous safety in this fellowship. God bless you tonight. Let's read from Obadiah, verse number eleven. 
In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. We read it one more time. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. There's somewhat of an indictment in this statement, even thou wast as one of them. 32 years ago this year, I used this subject. I've never preached on it since. For weeks, I've been trying to find the mind of God for this service. Last year, I was supposed to preach the last night, and I had throat surgery, and Brother Odom so capably filled in for me. This year, I was preaching down in Louisiana in January, and got involved in a plane crash, and that little cracked shoulder, and I said I might have to have surgery on that. And so between throat surgery and getting in a plane crash, the devil's been after me. <laughs> Sister said, devil been after me all day. Bless his sweet holy name. <laughs> but um, God's helped us through all of that. 32 years ago, I preached uh, this subject. I won't say the same thing. I never do. But I preached this subject, and I felt to preach it tonight. And my subject is the silence that hinders revival. The silence that hinders revival. Brother Coon, would you come back up here and pray for us right now? Jesus. God of heaven, I pray that you would anoint Bishop Godare tonight. Thank you for this fearless man of God. Thank you for your unchangeable truth that he has preached and stood for. God, we need to hear from you. We have been blessed and our hearts have been stirred. We have heard from heaven. We need it again right now. Let the Holy Ghost come down. Touch Brother Godair with an anointing. Touch his voice. Give his body strength. Make his mind sharp. And let him preach the word of God without fear and favor. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, and you may be seated. Praise God. One look into our past would show us that uh, we are, as apostolics, we are a revival people. We are a revival church. And in the short life of the WPF, we are and want to be a revival movement. In the first century, the church was born in Jerusalem. The church that we're a part of tonight didn't just happen a few years ago. We're not some Johnny-come-lately on the religious scene. This church started in Jerusalem. And on the day of Pentecost is where we began. We can rattle the chain of succession all the way back from tonight to the upper room in Jerusalem. And the Bible said 120, about 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thank God for the church that was born in the day of Pentecost. I'm glad to be Pentecostal tonight. The church was begun in the day of Pentecost and the Holy Ghost was given, therefore I'm Pentecostal. 
the foundation is built upon the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone therefore I am apostolic I am glad to be apostolic I am glad to be Pentecostal I am not ashamed to be apostolic Pentecostal hallelujah praise God the church that we're a part of began at Jerusalem we we are an extension of that church we're a part of that church and I believe that what they preached and taught back then is the same thing we must preach and teach now amen it went from Jerusalem the revival went to Samaria the revival went to the Ethiopian eunuch Revival went to Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. The revival went to the house of Cornelius. The revival went to Ephesus in Acts 19. And then it continued in all the known world at that time. Did not Joel say, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon my servants and my handmaidens, in those days will I pour out of my spirit, saith God. Peter stood with boldness and clarity on the day of Pentecost. And he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he repeated Joel's prophecy. We're an extension of that church. Here we are in May 2010. We're Pentecostal. We're apostolic. We're Jesus' name. We're one God people. And we're excited about it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We, we are not a part of... Uh, of some splinter things that is splintered off over the years and called themselves Pentecostal. We came through what was called the latter rain movement in the 50s and so on. I remember that when they talked about oil dripping off of their fingers and they talked about blood crosses appearing on their forehead. Brother Wilson, that had its time and day, but that passed off of the scene. Hallelujah. But the truth has still been here. The truth is unchangeable. The truth is unmovable. The truth is unshaken. Jesus, upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're in a strong church? A, a, a solid church an apostolic church clap your hands for the Lord tonight hallelujah hallelujah now the fact is that God's going to have a last day church God's going to have a last day people now my question to you is why shouldn't it be you and me if God's going to move in a people why not you and me if God's going to move in this hour, why not in your life and mine? Hallelujah. I'm not just talking about an organization. I'm talking about men and women and young people that believe this great message and preach it and teach it and live it. 
Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's going to have a church. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to be touched of God. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to preach this gospel. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to take the gospel to the regions around the world. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to evangelize North America. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to build churches. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to have revival. It might as well be us. Somebody's going to have. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. We need a revival that's built on the word of God. We don't need something that's superficial. We don't need something that's shallow. We don't need a cotton candy church. We don't, we don't need just a make you feel good church. This will make you feel good. But praise God, I believe in shouting and dancing and running the aisles. But when you get through shouting, walk straight. When you get through jumping and running and screaming and shouting, then walk straight, live right, obey God, be committed, be loyal, be faithful. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Now you might ask, why do we need revival in 2010? Why do we need revival? There's over 40,000 people in America for every one apostolic preacher. This is to the best that I can find out. This may not be perfect, but this is the best I can find out. There's over 7 million people in this world for every one apostolic pre preacher. That's why we need revival. Amen. I said that's why we need revival. If we had 9,000 people in every Jesus name apostolic church in America all combined. If we had 9,000 people every year or, or every week, I'm sorry, every week to receive the Holy Ghost. It would take us 850 years to reach the present population. If we prayed through 9,000 a week, it would take us 850 years. And by that time, there'd be millions and billions more. I, what I'm saying tonight is we need revival in America. We need revival in Canada. We need revival in every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. On every continent. In North America. In South America. In Asia. In Europe. In Australia. In Africa, in the islands of the sea, we need a heaven-sent Holy Ghost revival. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Why do we need revival? Because in this day we're living in, they're bringing rock and roll into the churches. And I'm sorry to say, into some so-called Pentecostal churches. Amen. I don't happen to believe that we need that. In fact, I'm against it. I don't believe we need smoke and mirrors and lights for a move of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. 
I said we don't need smoke and strobe lights. We don't need a bunch of fakery. We need the real, genuine power of God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In many states now and many cities, they have gay pride weeks proclaimed by leaders. Large denominations are ordaining homosexuals to the ministry. Major colleges this year, this month of May, are allowing their students to take their student picture in the nude. In America. In America. There's a church in Dallas that announces that we, you come to our church, we've got a dancer that does the strip act in our church. That's in America. Praise God. I say we need revival. There's churches that are applying for and getting liquor license in America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One lady that made the USA Today said that God told her that she had a ministry to the strippers and she was joining all the strippers in the clubs and that was her ministry of taking the gospel. All of that is fakery. That is pseudo-religion and it won't touch our generation. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. All the preachers in seminaries in America, I've read only 5% of them believe the creation story. Only 24% of them believe the miracles of the Bible. Only 26% of those in seminaries believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. Only 25% in seminaries believe in the virgin birth. Only 11% believe in a place called hell. Only 18% believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Only 21% in seminaries believe that God answers prayer. What the church is, quote unquote, going to be like next week, next month, next year, when you've got this kind of preachers in seminaries and they're going to fill pulpits in America. Things are not getting any better in the religious world. It's getting dimmer and darker. But in the apostolic church, everything's going to be all right. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Why do we need revival? Why do we need revival? The average child in America in 10 years of TV watching will see 14,600 uh, murders on TV. In 10 years the average child will see 43,000 assaults on TV. They'll see 30,000 uh, they'll, they'll spend 14,600 hours watching TV. They'll see here 28,000 curse words and no wonder we're bringing up a generation in America that has no respect for God, no fear of God, no respect for the Bible and no respect for God's people but out of the obscurity of all of this maze of madness comes an apostolic church with a clear note and a certain sound praise God praise God 
I said out of all of this craziness comes an apostolic Jesus name, one God church that's got a clear note and a certain sound. You may be seated. In my text tonight in verse number 11, it says that in the day that thou stoodest on the other side. Let me ask you tonight, which side are you going to stand on in this fight for truth and righteousness and purity and holiness? In this fight for God's church, which side are you going to stand on? He said you stood on the other side. In the day the strangers carried away captive uh, his forces and the foreigners entered into his gates and they cast lots upon Jerusalem. Here was God's indictment against them. Even thou wast as him. You blended in so well. You looked so much like them. You accepted their life and lifestyle. You accepted their manners and way of life. And you blended in and became like them. I got news for you tonight. The apostolic church will never blend in and become like this world. Hallelujah. We're not, you maybe see, we're not here to fight people. We're here to fight the devil. We're here to fight sin. David said, I hate every false way. It's time for the true church to say, I'm going to stand up and be counted. Brother preacher, you need to forget the spirit of compromise and cast it aside and stand up, stand up for truth tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. God's indictment was you was as one of them. They couldn't tell any difference in them and you. You blended in. You became a part of that society. You became a part. And one of the worst things that could ever be said about apostolic Pentecostal people is that we blended in and we became like the world. Amen. There's somebody sitting here that says, oh, but brother, go there. We got to love people. And you're exactly right. We've got to love souls. We've got to love souls. We've got to love souls. But you've got to hate sin. You've got to hate sin. Hallelujah. Where can we find the right balance of loving souls and loving God, loving people, and yet still hating sin? This is no age for compromise. This is no time for compromise. Thou wast as one of them. May God never indict us that are sitting in this beautiful arena tonight and say while the world was doing their thing, you said by, you said nothing, you did nothing, you let them go their way. In fact, you blended in and became just like them. Somebody raise your hands and praise God with me right now. Praise God. Our biggest hindrance to revival, as I view it tonight in the apostolic church, is not altogether what we say, it's what we don't say. 
It's silence. The devil has manipulated many preachers into manipulating them into silence. They've lost their sound. They've lost their strength. They've lost their voice. And the devil said, if you want to be a, build a big church, then you got to compromise. I tell our people at home, God didn't call me to fill this building. He called me to fill this pulpit. Hallelujah. I said God didn't call me to fill the building. He called me to fill a pulpit. Preacher, God called you to fill that pulpit and preach the word and preach the word and preach the word and preach the word and preach the word. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout I love you Jesus. And you may be seated. And before you would accuse us, any of us on this platform, of being non-revivalists and not loving souls, let me tell you that every man on this platform is a revivalist. We believe in revival. We believe in a move of the Spirit. We believe in the work of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved. We believe the work of God is a miraculous work. It's a supernatural work. It's depending on the power of the Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are revivalists. We believe in revival. We want to fill every seat. We want to fill every pew. We want to fill the prayer room. But we're not going to do it by sitting silent and compromising with the world. You may be seated. Patrick Henry stood in that Virginia convention many years ago. March 23rd, 1775. And he said his life so dear, our peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, as for me, I don't know what course others may take in 2010. But as for me, I don't know what your philosophy will be. But as for me, I don't know if you, if you uh, think, well, if I, if I cut a few corners here and there. One man told me one time, I started a home mission church in Durham 37 years ago, and he was a businessman. He put a lot of money in the church, and at that time, we needed money desperately. And he came and told me, he said, Pastor, I like everything you got going on here. I baptized him, his wife, they got the Holy Ghost. He said, but there's one thing, if you'll just cut the corner a little, and uh, I'll back you, I'll support you, I'll stand behind you. I said, what's that? He said, if you'll just stop preaching against television. He said, I'll back you. I'll stand behind you. And he had the money to do it. He said, I'll support you. I looked at him and I said, sir, with tears in my eyes, I'm not preaching this just for the approval of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. 
I lost that man. He's still living in Durham tonight, but he's never come back to our church because he said, if you'll let me have a television, I'll stand behind you. I still believe that Hollywood is corrupt. I believe it's evil. I believe it's ungodly. I believe it's wicked. I believe it's putrid. I believe it's sinful. And I've gone 69 years without a TV in my home and I plan to make it the rest of the way without one in my home. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Does anybody want to shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. If TV was bad 40 years ago, it's 40 times worse tonight. If TV was bad 30 years ago, it's 30 times worse tonight. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. The world's not getting cleaner, it's getting dirtier. The world's not getting more right, they're getting more wrong. They're not getting more holy, they're getting more sinful. I don't need Hollywood. I don't need movies. I don't need any movie. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm not here to be mean and caustic and ugly. I never try to preach a sermon and try to be mean-spirited. And I don't like mean-spirited preaching. And I don't like preaching that is, uh, that is motivated by a bad attitude. We don't have a bad attitude tonight. I don't believe in television. That's not a bad attitude. I got a good attitude. I don't believe in movies, and that's not a bad attitude. That's good attitude. All over Pentecost, you may be seen all over Pentecost, there are groups of, of families and getting together in couples from 2 to 5 to 10 to 20 that I know of personally that's getting together in homes and they're watching movies and they stop Sunday night service and many are going to the movies. This generation is going crazy after movies and sports. I said movies and sports have become the God in America. And it's time for the true church to stand up and say, I shall not be moved. You know what's going to hinder revival? When the pulpit is silent. When the pulpit don't speak. When there's no voice from the pulpit. That's going to hinder revival. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. And uh, I don't need to qualify it, but I believe in revival. I've always preached revival. I've been pastoring 48 years. I've always believed in revival. I'll always believe in revival. I'll always seek after a move of God. If you've been to our church, we don't, we don't promote deadness and coldness. Hallelujah. In the last 10 weeks, Brother Cody Marks has been preaching for us. 216 have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues. Now before you get a little questioning, every one of them have spoken in tongues. Every last one of them have spoken in tongues. 
none of this thumbs up business. Every one of them have spoken in tongues. Everybody that gets the Holy Ghost is going to talk in tongues. May be seated, but there's a silence that can hinder revival. In the last 10 weeks in revival, we've had folks getting rid of television. We've had folks to lay makeup on the platform and say it's all over. We've had people to take their cigarettes and pitch it on the platform. Had one lady to take some snuff and throw it on the platform. I was afraid to touch that stuff, man. Can you imagine putting snuff in your mouth? If my wife were to start dipping stuff, I don't think I'd ever kiss her again for a while. Praise God. But we've had snuff and, and cigarettes, television, makeup. Praise God. And I didn't even ask them to, but I've got seven rings in my desk drawer that somebody, one at a time, has laid on the platform. I don't even know who they belong to. Praise God, but I'm going to tell you something tonight. Real revival will stir us up. It'll dig us up. It'll produce repentance. Real revival causes you to take off your makeup. It causes you to get rid of your earrings. Hallelujah. I'm talking about an old-fashioned, heaven-sent, God-sent, Jesus-name, apostolic revival. But when the pulpit is quiet, revival will stop. When the pulpit is silent, the revival will cease. Somebody said, well, if you've had 200 to get the Holy Ghost and you have so many in Sunday school, you're bound to be compromising. I don't think so. My brothers, my neighbors, 30 miles away, he can tell you, and there's others here. I got me in my church sitting right here. Praise God. Brother Pete Mays was, was helped us so capably. Now pastoring in Augusta, Georgia. Brother Jeff Foles, a full-time evangelist. Brother Matthew Wilmoth is a pastor out of our church and daughter work. Brother Keith Merritt Singer standing right here. They can tell you, I preach this at home. No makeup. I didn't say how much. I said no makeup. I said no makeup. Don't ask me what kind. No makeup. Don't ask me what kind of movies. No movies. Don't ask me what kind of TV you have. No TVs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You young men got me stirred up. Brother Cody Marks preaches this message. Brother Tony Spell preached at Sacramento. My Lord, such preaching you've never heard. You young men got me stirred up. Thinking that I'm still young enough to preach a little bit. Praise God. 
hallelujah, is silent, revival stops. When the pulpit is quiet, revival stops. Don't be intimidated by fear. Hallelujah. I said we must not be intimidated by fear. We must not let the devil cow us down and break our spirit and make us think if we preach the truth, we can't reach anybody. I was, I was here in Tulsa Tuesday, came Monday. The march went ahead with our revival. Tuesday night I wasn't there. Tim got the Holy Ghost. They began to tell me on the phone who got the Holy Ghost. Man, I like it, Brother Mayo. And our secretary said, I would have fixed out a report for Tuesday night when she always gives me the name of the visitors. But she said, we had so many first-time guests, I didn't even get all their names. Well, I can forgive that. I said, I believe in revival. I don't want a watered-down revival. I don't want a compromised revival. I want a baptism in Jesus' name revival. I want a Holy Ghost revival. I want a one God revival. I want a tongue-talking revival. I want a holy living revival. Just remain standing. I'm not going to finish this. Just remain standing with me. I had four pages of notes, and I'm just covering one. So I don't know where to stop at. But I'm going to tell you, we cannot afford for the pulpit to be quiet and be intimidated and shut their mouth and hush their mouth. Don't you let the devil stop you. Don't you let carnal church members stop you. Don't you let worldly church members stop you. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Stand up, stand up for the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Praise God. Remain standing. Saying it is great, but that's not enough. Music is great, but that's not enough. Ability is good, but that's not enough. We've got to have a pulpit that is unshackled and unfettered. Praise God. Praise God. God said the problem I've got with you is that when the heat of the battle was on and when the pressure was applied, thou wast as one of them. For the fold I read in the scripture today, Psalm 78 9, it said Ephraim being armed and carrying bows it said Ephraim was armed and they were carrying bows but they turned back in the day of battle they were armed they were equipped they
they were ready. God saw to it they were ready. But they were equipped, but they were afraid. They were equipped, but they were afraid. They were equipped, but they were afraid. I said they were equipped, but they were afraid. Praise God, praise God. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Let's keep the power in the pulpit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said preaching. Hell demands it. Preaching. The earth deserves it. Preaching. Heaven anoints it. May God give us a pulpit that will preach the word. Hallelujah. 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 Modern religion. Modern religion has taken the blood out of the cross. They've taken fire out of hell. They've taken holiness out of a believer's life. They've taken victory out of a born-again experience. And for the power of truth, they have substituted indecisiveness. May the church be decisive. We've got what it takes to win. We are equipped. We are equipped. But are we afraid? Brother preacher, go back home and preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. You're facing obstacles. Preach the word. You're facing trouble. Preach the word. You're facing opposition. Preach the word. Come on, let's praise God tonight. Come on, church. I said in the WPL. Turn up my monitor a little bit. Turn up my monitor a little bit. In the WPF, we need preachers that'll preach the word. Preach against cursing. Preach against drinking. Preach against drugs. Preach against tobacco. Preach against jewelry. Preach against makeup. Preach against pantsuits on women. Preach against facial hair on men. I said preach against facial hair on men. We don't need that in apostolic churches. One young man, Brother Marks, came to our church since this revival started. 30-something years old. He literally had a hair in his ponytail down to his waist. 
Is that right, Brother Matthew? You had facial hair, you couldn't see. You couldn't see his face. He came several times. And one night, Brother Marks laid a hand on him near the altar. And all at once, the joy of the Lord came and his face lit up like a bright light. He started speaking in tongues. Got baptized that night in Jesus' name. Came back the next night, Brother Coon, I didn't know him. I thought, who is this guy right back here? Oh, I see. That's the guy that had the long hair and the ponytail and the beard. He was clean shaven. His ponytail was gone. He hasn't missed a service since then. Come on, preachers. Let's preach the word. Let's preach the word. Let's stand for the word of God. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Don't be silent. While the church is getting more worldly and the world's getting more churchy, God's raising up an apostolic church that's not ashamed. Don't feel like you've got to give in because somebody down the road has more in church than you do. Stop being intimidated by some other church and some other preacher denomination. I feel the Holy Ghost flowing. Let's lift our hands and praise him. I have no desire to advertise on television. The best advertisement is a saint of God that's full of the Holy Ghost. Please don't feel like I'm being mean. But I ask a, a high official in a certain group uh, three weeks ago. I said, we were sitting down in the Dallas airport and we were talking. Good conversation. And I said, I want to ask you a question. Since you passed the resolution in Tampa, how many churches do you know of that's gone on television? He said, Brother Goode, I can't think of any. I said, how many do you know that's started advertising on television since then? He said, I can't think of one. And I said, it didn't work, did it? I'm talking to a man that's highly esteemed, highly respected. I said, it didn't work. And it's not going to work. The reason we started the WPF was not out of bitterness and strife and anger. We didn't have some secret meetings and plots to split anything. 
we just decided when we got together weeks after Tampa, not during the conference, but weeks after Tampa, we just decided we can't go that direction. Because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it's more than a resolution about TV advertising. It's an opening of the gate to everything the devil's got. Praise God, praise God. You may not agree with me, but it was an opening the door for carnality and worldliness. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Brother Evangelist, don't be quiet. Brother Pastor, don't be quiet. It's silence that kills revival. It's silence that hinders revival. I got one final remark to make. Every pastor in this building knows you don't have to say, it's okay for you ladies to cut your hair. You don't have to say that. In fact, you don't ever have to okay it. You don't ever have to mention it. And that's where the problem's at. All you gotta do is just quit talking about it. And they'll start cutting their hair. You don't have to say, you ladies can start wearing makeup now. Any man that announces that's a fool. You don't have to tell people they can do that. All you got to do is be quiet about it. Be quiet about it. You don't have to say, all the members of this church go out and this week and get you a TV. Just don't preach it. Just be quiet. You ladies can go wear pantsuits. Don't say that. Just be quiet. They'll start wearing them. What you preach is what you get. What you preach is what you get. I said what you preach. And it's time for God's preachers to stand up and say, I am Jesus' name. I am one God. I am Ephesus. Praise God. Brother Coon, say a word. Oh, what preaching we have heard tonight. How many of you believe the word of God? Hallelujah. Let's rejoice in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's shout the victory across this auditorium. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for preaching. I baptized this man and his wife. He is an evangelist. He is a scientist. I'll tell him he's got a brilliant mind. He sat under my ministry for years. Last two years he's been an evangelist. Tell us a few words how you feel. It's indescribable. Every place that I go, every church that I go, 
for the folks that have set up and set a line. You walk in the door, you feel the power of God immediately. I'm not going in stirring things up. Things are already stirred up because they've made a decision. We're going to go the right way and God has blessed it. Hallelujah. Brother Booker, Brother Joel Booker, come up here. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a two-year-old baby at home and a five-month baby at home. And I can't, I'm so thankful for preaching like this. Because God willing, in 30 years, they're going to be standing in a place like this. And they're going to still be hearing. We don't have television. Women don't wear makeup. Women don't cut their hair. It'll still be preached. Because it's an apostolic, Jesus name, tongue-talking church. And there's a future ahead of us. Anybody glad to be an apostolic in 2010? Brother Nathan Holmes, come up here a minute. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. My grandfather talked about a plumb line a long time ago. And I still believe there's a plumb line among God's people. And I want to keep it straight. I want to keep it holy. I want it to be righteousness and godliness. I want to make it to heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raised in this, and my father said he's gonna hold the line. And you know what? I've seen people come and people go, and they say, Why don't you follow the way of this world? Why don't you slack a little bit? Why don't you cut back a little bit? But I tell you what, they're not in this church, they're backslid and lost. I want nothing to do with this world. I don't want to go any part of this world. I love this truth, and I will follow it till the day that I die. preaching tonight when I first started evangelizing they told me the way to get popular and the way to make sure you have plenty of places to preach is not to step on too many toes but I was raised better than that I was taught you just preach right out of the Bible and God will take care of the rest and I'm happy to say we've had some of the greatest revivals I've ever experienced preaching against television uh, preaching against Hollywood uh, preaching against sin we was at Brother Kenny Godares this past year and the Lord just began to speak to me about preaching on the blessings of the yoke. And I got to talking about how the things that we preach, they're not to tear us down, but they're to build us up. And in one service, we baptize nine people in the name of Jesus Christ. You can preach against the world and God will send revival. Thank God for the original apostolic message that's not watered down, that's not adulterated, but that is pure and that is real and that will change and transform lives. This what we've heard tonight is what will set the world free. It's what will set the world on fire. You don't need to water it down. You need to button down the hatches, preach it with everything we've got, and let God give the increase. Come on, preacher. Don't get mean. Don't have a bad spirit. But preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Hey, hey, hey. 
this is a one God apostolic foot stomping, aisle running, chair standing on church. Amen. In case y'all wondering what kind of preaching I was talking about today when I said we need barnstorming, window rattling, shingle pulling, hellfire, and devil raising preaching. That's the kind of preaching that Brother Johnny Godair preached tonight. Amen. Preaching that'll get down about the fifth rib and bring a Holy Ghost revival in the 21st century that'll bring us to heaven. Amen. God give us a Holy Ghost revival with this kind of truth that's being preached in 2000. Yes. Come on church. Are you going to stand with it? Are you going to stay with the message? Are you going to preach the word? Hallelujah. I want Brother Caleb Adams come. I want my son-in-law, Brother Betts, come up here a minute. I want to say how much I appreciate Bishop Godair preaching what he did today. I pastor in Memphis, Tennessee, and I want you to know we believe this in Memphis. We believe this message. We still preach against television. We preach against ladies trimming their hair. We preach against wedding rings. And God has given us revival. Our church is growing, and we thank God for it. Oh, I praise the Lord. This is my, it's my son-in-law and my daughter. I'm very proud of them. They got two children here tonight. Aubrey just turned 18. Houston's 14. I'm proud of them. This young man came into our church at the age of 11. One to God on a bus route. One to God on a bus route. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed to say we still go out and pick up people on buses and vans. We still go to jails. We still go to prisons. We still go to rest homes. We still run bus routes. You can call it, you can call it a bunch of dirty kids if you want to. I'm happy about it. Last Sunday, we had 404 that rode our buses Sunday morning to church. And I'm happy for every one of them. Four children got the Holy Ghost in a Sunday school classroom. I want revival to break out in the classroom. I'm proud of this man. He's my, he's my only grandson. God's got his hand on his life. He loves God. For the best of my son-in-law. One on a bus route. Married my oldest daughter. Been evangelizing. Home missionary. Just closed revival Wednesday night. Brother McDonald, Oklahoma City. I want him to say something. Thank God for this glorious gospel we've heard tonight. This is the gospel that put my life back together. When I was from a broken home, mom and dad divorced when I was three years old. Acts 2.38 picked me up, changed me, and kept me changed. And I thank God for it tonight. Well, somebody praise the Lord.
started this off. He pulled cigarettes out of my hands to raise them. He pulled profanity out of my mouth to praise him. He took shackles off my feet to get him in the dance. He took sin out of my heart for holiness. Somebody praise him. Marks come up here. Right. Brother Marks come up here. Where's he at? Come over here, Brother Marks. Praise God. Hallelujah. You come here, Brother Marks. You don't have to preach till Sunday night in Durham. I want you to close this out for me. He was called on to preach today, but the spirit was flowing and he just flowed with it. Never did preach. We're starting 11th week of revival Sunday night. You can preach Sunday night, but tonight, close this out the way you feel. Tuesday night, I left the church, driving back to the room. And I'm making myself a little vulnerable here. But I was feeling pretty good about the meeting and feeling pretty good about my part in the meeting. And the Lord smote me. And he said, this meeting don't have anything to do with you, son. He said, this is 37 years of a man that's preached and lived revival. And I say that to say this. We've heard it before, but it's the truth. We're going to get what we preach. And I pray, I pray on the Holy Ghost, and I've prayed this tonight, that this would not be a service that in the morning we don't remember anything about it. I hope to God that you leave this place and you walk to that pulpit and you preach revival like you've never preached it before in your life. Pastor, go home and preach revival like you've never preached it before in your life. Evangelist, preach revival like you've never preached it before in your life. I want you to know that these kind of revivals we're having in Durham are not reserved for just Durham. I believe it's the plan of God that you have a 100-soul revival. You have a 200-soul revival. I figured I'd get a little more response than that. I said, I believe it's the will of God for you to have a 100-soul revival.
you to have honored soul revival. I want to remind you of what John said. John said it like this. He that keepeth my commandments, or he that keepeth his commandments, whatsoever he shall ask. Come on, apostolics. We're not being holy and just keeping the commandments of God to just hold on and make it to heaven. We're not living holy just so we can uh, just so we can say that we're not compromisers. If we're true keepers, then we've got to be true believers that God's going to give us that revival that we've asked Him for. you preached against sin for 25 years you gotta go home and believe that God's gonna pull people out of obscurity that have kept this gospel and he's gonna put you in a place to give you great revival you don't have to be afraid of revival I said you don't have to be afraid of revival said you don't have to be afraid of revival my God if you're going to believe holiness if you're going to believe this doctrine if you're going to believe there's one God God, God can give you a hundred soul revival go home and believe that God can heal cancer what would happen in here in the next 60 seconds I feel this thing is just balled up this thing's on the verge of busting wide open I said I wonder what would happen in the next 60 seconds if we would give everything I'm talking about just throw our head in the air and shout unto God with a voice go 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 as you're going to get I don't know I, I just I just believe that we're living a day in a day that God's going to resurrect old time Pentecost come on is that, is that as much as you want it just a little hand wave afraid you're going to mess your hair up 
pray you're going to crease your shirt. I want to know how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? chance if you want it just a little bit then just just give a little bit if you want just a little bit then just give a little bit am i pushing them too much brother go there if you want it just a little bit then just give a little bit but if there's any wild-eyed fanatics in this place that want revival more than you want your next breath i'm looking for somebody that can peel the coat off. Loosen your tie a little bit. How bad do you want it? I can't hear you. How bad do you want it? Are you ready? Here we go. One. Get it out. I gotta pray. 